Welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. No, 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 no. More hype. That one just sounds too, yeah, too monotone. Hype it up. Welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. <laughs> no, no, no. Now you sound like, now you sound like Steve Irwin. <laughs> too Aussie, Dragon. too Aussie. No, no, too Aussie. Try again. Welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast with Hugo and Dahlia. Yeah, huh? that one's good. Yep. Let's use that. Hello and welcome everybody to 25 Stay Alive. I'm Dahlia and I'm here with Hugo. Hello Dahlia, how are you going? I'm doing really well mate, how was your day? Yes, not too bad actually. Um, I actually bought a new laptop today which is my big thrill so hopefully uh, <laughs> I can upgrade my shitty one that I've got now. You better have it more organised than your current laptop because the state of your desktop is uh, less than uh, organised. Very there, cl- Hugo, I don't know how you find anything. Very cluttered you could say. <laughs> Stress me out a little bit. What's uh, What have you been up to today Dahlia? What did I do today? I worked. I haven't really properly worked in the last nine months. I've been doing scattered shifts. This is one of them. Just did a bit of front of house work, which I really enjoyed. It was nice to see all the customers and their dogs. And then I went to Marion and had a facial. That was delightful. Also, you've got that tonic Medispa voucher that I've got you. Yes, I do. That's my birthday birthday (laughs) present from Hugo and Amber. I think I'm saving that one up because I think that one's definitely a fancier place. <laughs> it must be good being back at work or slowly getting back into shifting back into the full time and just feeling like you're, you're back to a regular life. Well, the difficult thing is, is that I'm waiting for my colonoscopy, which is next week. Oh, yeah. And until I have the results of that, I can't know when I'm going to have my ileostomy reversal. So I'll just be doing covers here and there um, for the moment and then hopefully by August – ish, mm-hmm. I'll be able to do multiple days a week and consistently. When's your next colonoscopy, did you say? I think it's next Tuesday or Wednesday, Ooh. 26th. And that's the uh, that's the exciting one because then it's the uh, stoma reversal after that, huh? Big deal. Very big deal. Awesome. Well, look, that almost brings us to the point of today's hump day potty. What we're going to do today, as I did a bit of a, or we did a bit of a post the other day, we're going to every Wednesday release some sort of uh, hump day potty and that's either going to be a little nugget episode. Uh, a Q&A episode or a, a guest episode. Uh, and today's episode is just going to be a bit of a Q&A episode. So we got sent in a few questions. And look, we're not going to answer all the questions we got sent in, but we will answer a few of them that stood out. And thanks to everyone for sending those questions in. And leading on to your colonoscopy point, Dahlia, and I also actually saw my oncologist today, uh, is one of the yeah. questions we got sent in is positives and negatives with medical appointments. So someone sent that in and said, what are the positives and negatives associated with having medical appointments? So you can lead us off with that one, Dahlia. Should we we, start with the negatives so we can end on a positive? Negatives for me, well, I suppose for me, I actually live quite close to all of the facilities that I need to get to. So I think it can be very time-consuming going to and from appointments. They can be expensive as well because the people that we're dealing with obviously are specialists in their field. Mm. No. Um, so it was, it's an interesting point on that one, uh, and I completely agree with that. A huge negative with medical appointments can definitely be the cost, and not everything is covered by you know health insurance, for example, if you have private health insurance, and that's almost turns into a bit of a positive for me, purely for me because I'm in the Army. I'm very fortunate that the Australian Defence Force basically cover majority of my medical expenses. We did sign the dotted line. When I say we, other serving members, and it's good that there are perks like that. And for me, what I've been through, I didn't choose to go through all of this. So it's it's awesome to have those perks for me to say, look, I'm not financially out of pocket with a lot of these things. So 
I agree with you, Dahlia. For most people, a negative aspect for medical appointments definitely can be the financial aspect, but I'm kind of fortunate that that's almost a positive for me being in the army. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the kind of commitment that you've shown to the country, you, you warrant some free healthcare. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, another negative, I suppose, like hanging out at hospitals just isn't nice. Do you get, it's interesting you say that. Today I went to the same hospital, so when I saw my oncologist, Greenslopes Hospital in Queensland was the same hospital where I spent those dreaded four weeks late last year with my bowel cancer surgery and emergency surgery. And it's funny, when I was walking in there to see my oncologist just for a a routine checkup appointment, I got a little bit of that kind of um, that weird anxiety type feeling of knowing that that's where I spent four weeks and had some pretty horrific memories. And it's it's do you ever get that uh, at all, or not really? Well, I think a lot of people do get that, but. For me, I um I was going to the hospital every two weeks for chemo, the same hospital where I had my surgery. So I was already going there every week mm. pretty shortly after my surgery. So I don't really have that kind of anxiety yeah. around my hospital because I've already been there so many times. Mm. Yeah, that's that's true. But I think that is, yeah, that, that's a good point. But I think for, for people listening, um, that can be a negative. And you know what? When I go to have my ileostomy, probably when they take me down to the theatre, I'm sure I'll have a little bit of flashbacks Yeah, from when I had my surgery. So, yeah, I can absolutely see how it could affect people um, negatively. Um, yeah, and look, another um, another one that I have for, for a negative, I suppose, for, for medical appointments are associated with that. And I've touched on it in previous episodes, but it's the fear of the unknown for me. Like today, I saw my oncologist and I had a follow-up chest x-ray. I had some bloods done and this is for my testicular cancer, uh, which I still need to do yearly. And although the, it's such a small chance of ever relapsing, I, I still asked my oncologist, I said, look, have you ever had anyone that's relapsed post five years from testicular cancer? And he said, look, I had one guy not long ago and he was at the seven-year mark and he relapsed with his testicular cancer. So... And I actually said to Amber when I texted her, she said, how did your appointment go? And I said, yeah, it went well. And I said, I was still a little bit bit anxious for whatever reason. I think that can be a bit of a negative sometimes is kind of waiting for those results. And it's funny, the oncologist actually said, he's like, if you don't hear from me, that's a good thing. It means there's nothing wrong. But you still have those few days of going, am I going to get that call? Because I've got those dreaded calls before. So I don't know if you experience any of that, Dali. I know you've got a colonoscopy coming up, but are you pretty obviously confident with it? Or is there a little part of you thinking you you just sometimes don't know? I think it's pretty obvious from my situation and yours that nothing Mm. is for certain. So I kind of always have that in the back of my mind. And I am very much not the kind of person that's going to an appointment expecting a particular result or wanting a particular result. I'm going there to find out the information that's necessary. I'm not there to look either way. Yeah, but that might almost lead on to let's move into the positives now is exactly that is finding out exactly what good, bad or indifferent, but actually finding out. I've definitely found that the more comfortable I am with the doctor, the better I feel post appointment. That goes for my GP, my oncologist and my surgeon. After seeing all of them, I will always feel more optimistic. I just Mm. feel more educated, more aware. I'm, I'm always happy post appointments with those three particular individuals because they they really show they really are able to give me the support that I need and the inf- only and only presenting me with the information that yeah, is necessary that. for me I don't go like searching online okay he said this word okay I need to go look it up I need to like do my own research I'm very confident with the information that they're giving me is all I need yeah, to know. No, that's a, it's a good point actually and sometimes you, you do feel a little bit of reassurance uh, if you have a very good specialist like that they almost provide that to you and I suppose that's what makes a good specialist is when they've got that bedside manner 
that emotional intelligence side to them and they know how to say the right things, uh, which is really important. A big positive for me is that there's no greater feeling. There is no greater feeling and we've experienced the goods and bads of these, Dahlia, but there's no greater feeling than getting tests back or whatever to say that, you know what, nothing's wrong or you're clear or you're cancer-free or whatever. There's no greater feeling. Oh, am I looking forward yeah, to and, that? And, that's, and like <laughs> I said, that significantly outweighs the negatives as far as the medical appointments. And at the end of the day, that's why we go to medical appointments. So I think that's, um, yeah, that kind of covers the, the medical appointments. We might um, move into the next Next, yeah, the next question. Yep. And someone sent one in. It was more um, directed to me and I've actually got this a few times. So I thought I definitely will answer it this episode. What is life like post-army uh, for me? Uh, when they say that, like, do I have plans post-army? And I suppose you can then answer this after, Dahlia, as far as what the future holds for you, as far as your your current employment or your current what you're doing for work. But for me, I'm very upfront and honest in the fact that I say, I'll say I, yeah, I'll openly say that I probably will be in the army for two to four years, and I'm always so fortunate what the army's provided me. But uh, I feel like with my current situation, and I'm I'm really sick in the fact that I probably will, won't ever be able to get deployed, and ultimately, and those listening who are in the army or, or wanting to join the army, we join up with the intent that one day it'd be great to get deployed, actually go overseas and do what we've done in our training years for real, uh, if that makes sense. So I suppose knowing that I'll probably will never get deployed. And also on that, if I do require a stoma or a colostomy bag, which is what Dahlia currently has, unfortunately, it'll be very difficult to employ me long-term as well uh, in the army. So that's something I always have to be realistic about. And I suppose, yeah, life post that army, it's definitely going to be in the the personnel management slash welfare space, whatever that is. I'm not totally sure yet, but I love, I guess, the people side of business, if that makes sense. I'm not a numbers guy. I love what yeah, what makes a business work. And I'm um, currently studying a master's in HR because I feel like that will give me some uh, further opportunities. But yeah, long term, I'd love to be somewhere that's involved in the the welfare or the people management of business or, you know, even these days, AFL clubs have a welfare officer, you know, as a dedicated position in these clubs and something like that I think I'd absolutely love. But then also things like 25 Stay Alive and and the work I'm doing with the Jody Lee Foundation and Movember and things like that. I'd also love long term to be part of a foundation where that could almost be my full time job. It's like how amazing would that be? I'd I do what I am passionate in, what I love, but it sustains me as living a, a life outside of having to also have a full-time job. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And like I said, that will probably be anywhere from two to four years when I start the transition out. Dahlia, leading into that from your side of things, looking long-term with families and things like that. Obviously, for those who don't know, Dahlia and her husband own the Brighton Jetty Bakery. And is that going to be something that you're going to have in your family forever or you know, what's the, what's the go there? That's the aim. I mean, I love the bakery. I love the, I love all my staff and the environment that David and I have created. And I enjoy going to work every single day. I love to bake. I love to serve customers. I love making coffee. I love patting dogs. Yes, that's part (laughs) of the job. And it's, it's something that I look forward to every day. And so I suppose for me, I would like to, I'm quite intrigued. I really love donuts. I like decorating donuts. I like making animals out of donuts. I like doing sort of birthday party themes and things like that. So I think I want to sort of like expand my donut knowledge and yeah, donut capabilities and to sort of um, start that kind of line within the bakery. So that's something that I'm very passionate about and that I would like to grow. For us, yeah, we've been told that we're, 
not advised to have kids for at least two years. And that sort of works into our timeline pretty well. So I would say in the next, again, two to four years, we'd look at having children little, as well. So little Dahlia's running little, around. Little Dahlia and Dave's little afro <laughs> curly haired little hairy children. What's that? Have what you thought about names? <laughs> <laughs> I won't even tell people what I want to call my dog just in case they take it. <laughs> no, I like that. And I think, um, yeah, I love that you've got that passion with the bakery and something that's been obviously in Dave's family and and then you've just, you know, really just embraced it all and you're so passionate. I think it's awesome. And then obviously, like me, you're obviously also doing uh, amazing things with some foundations and the Jody Lee Foundations and Jody Lee Foundation, not plural, and then obviously 25 Stay Alive. And I think that's a good, good transition to the next question. What is... Our vision, because it's very much our. It's not mine. It's 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 definitely our vision for Twenty Five Stay Alive. And you know, give me your thoughts there, Dali. You can take take the lead on that one. Well, I think it's really what's really good is that me and Hugo and I just seem to always be on the same page. We always seem to have very similar viewpoints, ideas, and beliefs about everything day to day. So, as far as a podcast is concerned, we both have the idea that we'd really like to expand it from more than just a podcast to perhaps video, um, as well as doing presentations, perhaps in schools. I think would be really important. I think education to the sort of younger masses is a perfect demographic for us. Eventually down the track, we'd love to raise money. And we've already had people reach out saying you would love to give, you know, what's the go of that? And look, we're not a, we're not a standalone foundation yet, I suppose, yet, because, you know, never say never, one day we could be. But we'd love to to raise money as a 25-stay-alive function, whether it's a, you know, a long table lunch on the Brighton Jetty or whatever that might be, and have a really fun uh, fun function where all proceeds raised go to X charity, uh, which I'd really love to do, but it's kind of, 25 stay alive driven with all the key messages of what we stand for is 25 stay alive. So I really would love to expand more than just the podcast and actually look at other ways in which we can we can help. We're both so passionate with 25 stay alive and we both, like you said, share so many similar traits and I think it's just an amazing thing to see where we go with it. And obviously, as far as the podcast goes, we're, we're constantly looking for inspirational, amazing guests uh, and you know topics and stuff we can get on the show. And look, we've only done, what's this, our 16th episode or 15th episode. We're still very new to it all. We're babies with it all. And we're excited to see you know this time next year, for example, where we're going to be. So if there's been any sort of like technical malfunctions or like unclear audio, we do sincerely apologize <laughs> We're just going to be honest with you and just tell you how it is. I like honesty. We're not going to hide around the fact. And you know what? We're all in this journey together. And I think that's a really amazing thing that you guys, all the listeners, all our followers, we've only got a small little community. But the fact that if you're listening to this right now, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't really do what we do. But we really appreciate every one of you listening to it. And like I said, we're in this journey together. So next question, what are some of the side effects of the chemo? That you, well, it's very, we're going to have different side effects because our chemos are different. So let, let's go with your chemo. What's it called? And yeah, what no, so it's a good effects? one. And once again, we've got, had this question sent in a couple of times now. And so I think it's a good one to raise because like Dahlia said, my chemo is different to Dahlia's chemo that's different to Willie's chemo that's different to someone else's chemo. There are different chemo drugs. And the best way to explain it, if you aren't all over chemo, is that picture chemo like cocktails. So when you make a cocktail in a bar, you put different shots in, you put different mixes in, you put different, you know, garnishes in. There's all range of different cocktails and that's kind of like chemo. So there's certain cancers which respond better to certain chemo cocktails, if that makes sense. So my chemo cocktail was called BEP, 
and that consists of bleomycin, which is a, one type of chemo drug, etoposide, which is another chemo drug, and ciplatinum, which is the third chemo drug. So those three chemo drugs make, made my cocktail, and that's what um, when we've touched on it previously, when Dr. Larry Einhorn created that, it made the survival rates from testicular cancer like less than ten percent to to you know above ninety. And look, the side effects, the, the only downside of that is that it generally does smash you around a bit. So it's um, yeah. So look, I did get very fatigued, very nauseous. I never actually believe it or not vomited, but I think not many people do these days with chemo because the anti nausea, the anti nausea medication, or the, the I guess the counter drugs they give you are so good these days and they've advanced so much that uh, it's actually more rare than common for people to vomit these days or get actually physically sick from chemo. Although you get nauseous and I definitely got nauseous and what I mean by that is picture you've just had a really bad hangover and you're lying on the couch and you just feel sick but you don't actually have to vomit but you don't really feel hungry. Certain foods you feel like, others you don't. That's kind of a good way to explain it. So a bit of nauseous, definitely fatigued absolutely fatigued. I'd, I remember in, my, in the heat of having my chemo and I stayed in hospital for for five days at a time, I struggled to walk down the stairs. It's like I literally would walk down a, like two flights of stairs and feel so fatigued. I'd have to go back and just lie in bed. So that was a big one for me was fatigue. The other external or physical side effects, I did lose all my hair. So I was completely bald. My eyebrows thinned out. I did get, you know, your dark rings under your eyes and I was very pale. I did lose a bit of weight. So like, yeah, we have touched and I kind of was that typical cancer patient. But yeah, they were the main ones, to be honest, uh, that I could really think about. It's just that general feeling of just being very flat uh, is the best way to explain it. And once again, that was the the drugs that I that smashed me around a bit. But overall, uh, I definitely think that people go through it far worse than, than I did. So that was, uh, that was maybe, how about you, Dali? I know you often touch on that you obviously kept all your hair and used to one of your good friends who's got alopecia used to walk together and they used to think that she was actually the one that had the had the cancer because you actually looked you know normal and healthy (laughs) yeah look having it having an invisible illness as I like to call it is yeah it's very interesting to observe how people treat you and for Zoe my friend who has alopecia she sort of gets the cancer patient treatment and and I'm just sitting there like (laughs) I'm over here. <laughs> but for me, so the chemo that the majority of people that have bowel cancer, uh, the cocktail that works best for to combat bowel cancer mm-hmm. is called Folfox. So I was on Folfox 6M. So I had the first drug that they gave me that would infuse for two hours called, was called fluorouracil. So as soon as that goes in, I got a instant weird taste in my mouth um, and the neuropathy starts straight away. So neuropathy is when you get sensitivity pins and needles in your in your hands and your feet and um so I would get that as soon as as soon as I get connected to the fluorouracil that would happen immediately and then they would attach my bottle which is um oxaliplatin actually I've said them in the wrong order the oxaliplatin they give you first the fluorouracil mm-hmm. is what I, t- I took home in the bottle so the oxaliplatin is the one that gives you the neuropathy and the majority of people that go through bowel cancer um, struggle to get through 12 cycles of the oxaliplatin because it's such a um, potent drug. And um, so I guess the main side effects for me, same nausea and um, fatigue. I also had neuropathy in my eyelids. So if it was windy, I'd have to be wearing sunglasses mm. or I got a weird tingling sensation, bruising and sort of like skin repair 
So I don't really bruise at all, but now I do. And it takes a long time for it to heal. If I, if I have a, you know, tiny little cut on my finger, instead of it taking a few days yeah, to heal, yeah. it'll take more like a few weeks. Um, I also had, I've never had a blood nose in my life and I would get blood noses. What was your appetite like? Gone. Because you had too many but chicken I somehow nuggets. Put on weight. Yeah, too many nugs. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I ended up putting on because sort of but when I would get an appetite. Oh, and you probably weren't exercising as much basically. as you probably did when you're healthy, yeah. Precisely, yeah. So my appetite was gone. I don't know. I felt like the anti-nausea medication that they were giving me or that I was taking was giving me a brain oh, yeah, a good like point. a bit of Came a brain fog. I found it really difficult to mm. even just watch TV or listen to a podcast, anything like that. I just couldn't focus on anything, which leads to my short-term memory loss, which is just out of control these days. I, I'll say something and then forget forget what I said 30 seconds later, or I'll be halfway through telling a story ready? and forget ready? where without, I was going. Without it's looking actually, at your notes, what was the first question we yeah. got asked in this podcast? Go. Uh, I actually have my eyes shut. Hold on. I need to remember it. Think, Dahlia, think. It was, it was, I don't know, it was. Okay, we're doing an easy okay, one. What was the previous question before Hold this on. one? Oh, wait, yes. it was appointments. And then the second one was yep. our future. 25 <laughs> stay alive. Yeah. Okay, my eyes are open again now. But the thing is, I feel like the only reason mm. why I remember that is because I wrote it down. Do you think the chemo that you went through and you went through 12 rounds, about six months or so of chemo, do you think now you've finished it, you handled it better than you thought? Like do you think that actually chemo wasn't wasn't as bad as I thought? Yes. Yes. It wasn't physically painful. Actually, so after I don't know how many rounds, but around January um, I caught the flu and I was hospitalized for two days, so my chemo was postponed a week. And... um what did you say or was it better or worse than you thought oh so the reason why i said i had caught the flu which meant that they my doctor prescribed me an immunity booster which meant it was an injection i had to give myself every second thursday and what that did was it um boosted my immunity by releasing white blood cells from my bone marrow and so I would have um, sore bones, so from my waist up, my like all of my back, arms, chest, all my bones were, would kind of throb. It, again, it was manageable, very tolerable, but that was like the closest thing to pain. Everything else is just a mild discomfort. And you know what? My surgeon said to me back in October after I'd finished, after I'd had the surgery, he just said, Recovering from surgery is going to be the most difficult part of this. Chemo is just going to be an mm, inconvenience good, and uncomfortable. Good way to do it. No, it's and, um, right. and look, I think that's a good thing for people listening who might be about to embark on chemo, who's got a loved one on chemo, who's about to start chemo, etc. Everyone is different, and generally, people do handle chemo side effects differently. That's the the simple fact of it. However, I think the overarching trend, from my understanding and Dali's understanding or experience, is that it's it's not as bad as you probably think it will be or you make it out to be or the movies might make it out to be and you're you're killed around a toilet bowl and look you might have some days like that I don't know what the case is for you but for me it kind of was a um a cumulative thing so in the beginning I would only feel sick Saturdays and Sundays and that was probably probably for maybe five rounds and then on the sixth round it kind of crept into Mondays Mm. and then by the tenth round it you know, crept into Tuesdays. And so 
it got progressively worse. So in the beginning, it was it really was was very manageable and really not too bad. And and you know what? I think a lot of that it wasn't too bad, and it wasn't and it was tolerable for me because I had someone helping look after me. I had someone help prepare my food and all of those things. So had I not had all those perks, I suppose, what are you going to call them, then it may not have been such a pleasant experience for me. So I definitely understand that without those, it would have been a yeah, very different Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's exactly right. Like we understand that people might be listening to this going, really? Holy shit, I seriously struggled. And unfortunately, there are people that do really struggle with the side effects. And look, it's not fun. It's the end of the day. It's a, it's a drug that is designed to kill all your cells in your body, including the healthy cells, that's probably yeah. that we'll finish up there and and look we've we've gone through a, a, yeah some select questions that we've been sent in and once again thanks for for sending everyone hopefully we did answer your question if not we uh we try and save them we can definitely answer them another week but always feel free to send the questions in even outside of a, a podcast episode DM us we'll happily answer any questions you have and once again it's um. It's one of these things that we'll try and release a hump day potty. Hashtag hump day potty. Whether it's a, um, <laughs> a yeah, nugget <laughs> guest or a Q&A. And like I said, we uh, we definitely do have some exciting guests coming up. And I won't reveal too much like I did last week because then it's kind of has the cliffhanger of, oh, we've got Heather this week and we actually don't have Heather. But Heather is coming. <laughs> but like we said before, we'll, we'll be honest with you about what's going on, who's coming up. And um, we'll just try to keep everyone as informed as possible. But if you can rely on the on one thing, hump it's, day it's potty. the hump day hump potty. Hump day potty, that's it. But no, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. And just a small little thing, if you're wondering how you can support us or how you can help us, if you just go on Apple Podcasts and just, or, or Spotify, whatever platform you listen to, and just hit subscribe, it really helps us as far as growing and reaching as many people as we can. And if you even feel up for it, you can even go on and leave us a rating or a review, which uh, which we'll love. Next time you do it, next time next time you sit down to do a poo and you're sitting on your phone because I know that's what everybody does. Don't don't kid yourself. When you're sitting down to do a poo and you think of poo, think of me and write a review. Done. Even right. I'm writing this review because I'm thinking of Dahlia whilst I'm taking a poo. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to the 25 Stay Alive podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to get fresh new weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 25 Stay Alive. And feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.